It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. There's a power outage in Boston, so we discuss how to bring some electricity to this Red Sox lineup. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am your host, Jake Nizuski, and here, as always, with my co-host, Nessa's Lauren Willand. And we decided to touch on one of the major question marks regarding the Red Sox offense going into 2023, which is the lack of power in this Red Sox lineup. And this was something that was a massive issue for the team throughout last season. They were able to get on base, but weren't able to hit a lot of balls out of the ballpark. And it feels very similar, in my opinion, to 2017, right before the Red Sox picked up J.D. Martinez, where going into that offseason, they were really lacking a power bat or somebody in the middle of that lineup that was able to bring not only some power, but also some electricity to that lineup, especially right after David Ortiz ended up retiring. But with the Red Sox going into this next season, they have a lot of great guys that can get on base, but nobody that is going to be able to really put up, you know, over 25 to 30 home runs outside of one guy in Rafael Devers. Yeah. I mean, there's, you said it best in the beginning, there's, there's a power outage, right? So that was a big thing in losing Bogarts and not really replacing the the bat there and losing JD Martinez. Like that is, that is power that you've lost as well, but hopefully Justin Turner can slot into that DH role, but not be relied on too much. But yeah, you look at up and down this lineup and there are candidates out there, whether it's trade or free agency, but these aren't names that they're, they'll probably won't get fans too, too excited that we're going to talk about because all the major free agents and all the, the major power is gone, but there was a lot of issues. And we talked about that a lot last season in 2022 about, it was not being able to score with runners in scoring position, not being able to take advantage of men being on base. And it came down to just lack of power, lack, lack of patience and lack of putting the ball in play. And that's, that's still a huge question mark going into 2023. 
And when you look at sort of the statistics regarding the Red Sox offense last season, ranked 20th in home runs with 155. And when you really look down the list of the home run leaders for the team last year, it's Rafael Devers with 27 home runs. Obviously, when you look at it, I believe in the second half, he only had like six home runs, had had a massive power outage, mainly due to being injured for, for some of the time during the second half. But wouldn't be surprised if we see a full season out of Devers, especially with some development. He could get up to that 40 number. But then you also look at Trevor Story as well, very limited to only 94 games. And he's somebody that I feel like some people forget also has has produced a lot of great power numbers throughout his career. We'll see if, you know, going from Fenway Park to Coors Field, you know, how much that makes a difference. Obviously, we saw last year didn't make too, too much difference. But at the same time, majority of those home runs, I believe nine of them came from just one month of May. And so if he's able to get, you know, 150, one close to 162 games, could probably see him get 25 to 30 home runs. But as you mentioned, J.D. Martinez out of that lineup, Xander Bogarts out of that lineup. Uh, you know, when you really look at the list, it was J.D. Martinez tied for second with 16 home runs. And then Bogarts was uh, ranked third uh, in, in terms of home runs. Then you had Dalbeck with 12, uh, who, who really barely played. But, you know, you're going to need somebody a slot in the middle of that lineup, whether it's, you know, coming off the bench or it's slotting somebody in the outfield, middle infield, whatever it is to really be able to bring some sort of electricity or power to this Red Sox lineup. But I want to start off with one guy that the Red Sox could look towards potentially trading for uh, with the Baltimore Orioles within division. And especially, you know, with, with the Orioles maybe looking towards now competing, that still doesn't mean that they'd be open to, uh, you know, offloading some contracts that could be bogging down some of their payroll or some guys who are coming up on free agency very, very soon. And so Anthony Santander, he's a guy who <clears throat> played has is an outfielder and really was, in my opinion, the main staple for the Orioles throughout their rebuilding process was one of the best players on that roster, despite them, you know, losing 106, you know, 110 games, multiple seasons, but ended up batting 240 last season, smacked 30 bombs. And I feel like he would be able to bring some great consistency to this Red Sox lineup, not only offensively, but power wise, and also some great leadership. Yeah, and you think after he had such a disappointing 2021 season, and that was between injuries, his strikeouts rose, walks fell. So you see him bounce back in 2022. You'd think that maybe he'd want to, or I'm sure he does, want to bounce back from the 2021 season and build off of the 2022 season that saw a lot of good offense from him. Now, his defense wasn't always the best. I feel like he was either... A, a terrible defender or just kind of an above average defender. There was really no in between there, but you just, you, you look at what you need, right? And that's power. And his numbers looked good last year. And like I said, you think he'd want to continue to build off of that and continue to contribute to a, a team that is sort of not really, not, not fully rebuilding, but you know, they, they say they want to be competitive. It's a historic franchise still. But I, I do like that. The only thing you know, he would be uh, needed to be traded for, what, what does a package for someone like him look like? Probably nothing too crazy, which is obviously a big plus. But overall, I think that you, you like somebody like this in your lineup. And he's also a switch hitter. So that's mm -hmm. always, I feel like that's such an underrated aspect. I mean, we don't see it much in every season, but... I'm always I'm always pro switch hitter. If you can add that 
kind of power, that kind of person. And then the power behind it to the lineup gives you a, a bit more of a chance against any pitcher on the mound. Yeah, exactly. And, you, you know, when you look at his his power numbers, you, you mentioned a little bit of a down year in 2021, but in 2020 and through through uh, the 60 game season, I ended up hitting 11 home runs and then 2019 ended up hitting 20. And, and he also does have some some good control uh, within his contract has two more years of arbitration. So it's not like he's going to be a rental for this season. And, you know, one thing that I also did want to preface before we, you know, continue to go down this list is, you know, obviously we started off with an outfielder, but, you know, majority of these guys that we're going to be talking about that, uh, you know, are, are mainly focused on great and great at power is we're going to avoid going towards, you know, a second baseman or a shortstop. I understand that the Red Sox need a middle infielder, but when you look at those two positions, not only with the players that are currently available, whether it's free agency or trade, but just in general, you don't really see a lot of power come out of the shortstop or second base position. And so we're mainly going to be focusing on the outfield, first base, catcher, uh, and th those sort of positions, because that's where we normally see majority of the power come from. And, you know, one one player who, you know, was uh, a lot a lot of hate from Red Sox fans towards this player and maybe some Yankees fans now, too, as well is, is catcher Gary Sanchez. And especially with the catching position being up in question for the Red Sox, is it going to be Reese McGuire and Connor Wong sort of that platoon or will they add somebody else? But Sanchez obviously is not the best defensive catcher that there is out there, but is definitely one of the best uh, power sort of catchers that there is out there, which is relatively rare outside of Wilson Contreras. And obviously from what we saw from Buster Posey earlier in his career, like th those are two players that really come to mind that, that are very big power bats coming from the backstop. But Sanchez ended up hitting 205 over 112 games, 16 home runs with the Twins last year. A little bit of a lower power production from him, but we saw in 2021 hit 23 home runs, 2020 hit 10, and then 2019 is where he really showed off that power stroke with 34. Yeah, I mean, we know the power is there, and you said it that he's not regarded as one of the top defensive catchers, but according to Fangraphs, he had his best framing numbers uh, per Fangraphs metric since 2018. So, I mean, that's again, that's you know, that's defense. We're talking about power here, but that is also something to look at because. Are the Red Sox going to commit to a Connor Wong, Reese McGuire catching tandem in 2023? It's, it certainly seems that way. And we've seen that they're both capable guys. But do you want someone who can bring some, some power to this lineup and then maybe some you know versatility, just some extra depth? Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we say it all the time, right? You can never have too much depth. And who, who comes after Connor Wong? Who is the next catcher kind of ready in that system? we don't really know, right? Connor Wong has been the guy. And I think Sanchez for, for as much hate as he's gotten from Red Sox fans while he was with the Yankees, of course, I think he makes a lot of sense because the Red Sox finished 2022 with the 20th, the 20th or 21st most home runs as a team. They only had 155 on the season, which is just, you look at that lineup and it's just pathetic. It, they certainly, I feel like they're a lineup that should have hit well more than 155, but you know, it's not like he, he's not the, the best defensive catcher out there, but when you have offense and you can have that pop added to the lineup, it's maybe worth, you know, just calling them up being like, Hey, what, what's going on? Like, what is, what are we feeling? So I don't, I like, I like him and I think he makes a lot of sense and I think he makes the most sense for the players that we are going to talk about today. 
and I don't think he'd come very uh, expensive. I'm not saying he'd come cheap by any means, but I, I think that it might be worth exploring. And hey, you can get Ryan Brazier off the roster if you sign him. It's a win-win. No, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think especially with how rare it is to find a power hitting catcher and with what the Red Sox need in this lineup, I, I think it would be definitely something to look towards. And is, especially, you know, with his experience playing at Fenway Park, I'll never forget any time uh, he when he when playing for the Yankees, came, he came and played at Fenway. He would always smack it over the monster. And it was just so simple for him. It seemed like he could have done it with his eyes closed. You could have given him a blindfold and he would have been able to do that. But I, I think, you know, really one thing that the Red Sox like need need to think about especially you know regarding him is that versatility you know we've, we've seen with a lot of different players they want to be able to you know not only have one singular person be at that dh position curious to see how they really use justin turner mentioned that you know he might be at first base and dh but you know that's what they've mentioned in the in the past and so i feel like maybe his limited versatility of sanchez might be something that might hinder the Red Sox interest, but definitely something to look at. Uh, and, you know, looking towards another Yankee as well, or former Yankee and Luke Voigt, he could definitely be a great candidate as well. Ended up hitting 226 over 132 games with the Washington Nationals, hit two or hit 22 home runs, and also has some good experience playing at Fenway Park and against the Red Sox and has also had a lot of success as well. Yeah, he has. And, if you bring in someone like Luke Voigt, that's going to pose even more questions for Bobby Delbeck's future, which we talked about on our last episode of Locked on Red Sox. But if they were to trade Delbeck or even if they were to bring in Luke Voigt, you know that Delbeck's pretty much gone from this team. But it would open up a sp spot for him. And I feel like he'd be solid for this Red Sox team. He did lead the league in home runs in 2020. Yes, that was the COVID-shortened season. But, you know, we still look at those numbers. We still look at that half of a season. And he only had, I think, not many into 2021. But, and he did have injuries that he dealt with as well. But when you just look at what the Red Sox lineup is missing, and he adds more depth, and you don't really know, like, what is, is Tristan Costas going to be the full-time first baseman? Is he going to be your guy? Or is he going to platoon? Or is he going to have somebody who plays, like, you know, 60, 70 games at the position, whether it's rest, hopefully not injury, or maybe, you know, when he struggles against certain pitchers, you can bring somebody in who has the experience and who we know can't hit. So I, I do like this one too. He's also never made more than like $6 million. So he probably also be a pretty good option if you want to stay cheap, like Sanchez. I don't think Sanchez would make more than 7 million, but if it gives you a little more power, especially off the bench too, I just, I, I hate that ex-Yankees make a lot of sense for the Red Sox, but right now in this part of the offseason, they, they do. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people throughout this offseason bring up Luke Voigt's name. And, you know, you might be thinking, well, how is this really going to work out? You know, two first basemen on the roster. And, you know, you mentioned it. He, he could be a great replacement for Bobby Delbeck, who somebody – you know, we mentioned it multiple times. You know what you're going to get out of him. And I feel like Voight, looking at his numbers, even though they're 
relatively and slightly better than, than Dalbeck. He reminds me a little bit of, of a much better Bobby Dalbeck, where you know he does struggle striking out, he but he is able to hit for power, does get on base, but maybe uh, you know, a slightly better than Dalbeck, but he also does bring you that experience, brings you uh, you know, the ability and the understanding of how to play at Fenway and you know, sort of sort of what entails with everything like that. But, you know, as we continue to look at potential options uh, for power bats for the Red Sox, we're also going to continue to try and help you feel a little bit better about maybe betting on this team next season. And the best place to do that is over on betonline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to league to college bowl season to basketball. We've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, which I bet you do if you're listening to this, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And, you know, continuing sort of with that first base slash DH sort of trend, Trey Mancini is one person that I'm very surprised hasn't really gotten as much noise as we expected. Uh, He's somebody who struggled a lot with the Houston Astros after getting traded from the Orioles during last year's trade deadline. Went sort of hitless throughout the playoffs uh, with the Astros. Ended up didn't ended up getting a hit, I believe, in the final game um, of the World Series. But he's somebody as well who has the leadership, uh, especially with young players when he was with the Orioles, understands what it means to not only play uh, at Fenway Park, but also has experience, uh, you know, just overcoming adversity. And I feel like, you know, especially, you know, what what he went through, um, you know, with his cancer journey, but also fighting to come back. He understands what it means if he has a down season to fight back to get to where he was before. And, you know, what we saw from him last year, 239 batting average over 143 games, hit 18 home runs. But I'm curious to see if he's able to tap back into that power that we saw in 2021 uh, where he hit 19. Yeah, I I like Trey Mancini. I I do. And I have a ton of respect for everything that he's overcome. But I just think I hate calling someone like Trey Mancini overrated because he's just he's a good person. But I do think that if the Red Sox are looking strictly for power, that maybe they don't look at Trey Mancini. I think that he's past his prime. I mean, we could say that about other guys here, but I just think that they're better options than Mancini. And I, I mean, he's been in the league for a long time. He knows what it's. He knows how to handle adversity, both professionally and personally. He's played on some really bad teams, and then he's played on some really good teams with with the Astros. So, I I like. I would have liked Trey Mancini like four or five years ago when he had more power, maybe more potential. But I I don't think that'd be worth bringing him in if they're looking for power to add to this lineup. I just think it would be kind of the same old story with other players in there. And then of course there's the whole like, Oh, where would he play? But Mm -hmm. you have, if you're taking power interest and Casas out of your lineup for Trey Mancini, I don't know if that makes the most sense, especially the last few, the last few seasons that he's had, but I, I, I like him. I like the player. I like the guy. I just don't think he's a good fit for this lineup. If you're looking for power. Right. I, I see what you mean, especially, you know, with with the um, we, we want to see more of Tristan Cassis. We want to give him the 
of a bats. And, you know, with, with some of these guys, you know, especially with major league ready players, sometimes the thought in our minds might be, well, maybe they'll take some of a bats away from Cassis that could really be able to help out his development. Yes, it would be good to have that platoon player, that that backup player, if he does either get injured or doesn't doesn't play as well uh, right off the bat. We saw that with Bobby Delbeck. He ended up struggling a lot during the first half of his rookie season. Ended up, you know, figuring it out in the second half, and especially with the injuries that we've seen Cassis have over the last year or so, ankle injury during, uh, you know, his time in AAA last season, and then, you know, also hurt his knee during winter league. So, you know, he, he's somebody that you also want to have sort of a backup plan for. Curious to see if the Red Sox look maybe towards Luke Voigt or Trey Mancini, as we mentioned, to sort of replace Bobby Delback off the bench. We'll see. But, you know, Two guys that they could also get in trade uh, that, you know, I, I'd be very curious to see what it would uh, really take to get two of these players. First one is Max Kepler. I ended up hitting 227, nine home runs last year with 115 games under his belt. And you might be thinking, Jake, why are we talking about a guy who only hit nine home runs and we're talking about him adding power to the lineup? Well, I'll tell you why. In 2021, he hit 19 home runs. 2020, during the 60 games, in my opinion, those numbers don't really correlate, obviously, with 162. Ended up hitting nine home runs, similar to what he hit this past season. In 2019, 36 bombs. There has to be something there that did not work out for him over these past few seasons, whether it was a change a change in swing, they figured him out at the plate, but you could also point very similarly to what happened to Cody Bellinger. Ended up having an MVP season, smacking balls out of the ballpark left and right, and then something happened. Whether it's mental, whether it's physical, who knows? But Max Kepler is somebody that you could potentially use off the bench as, as an outfielder, or you know he could be a platoon with with Verdugo or Yoshida. But being able to have a guy still very young, who if you're able to tap back into that power that he had in 2019 to be able to help him almost hit 40 bombs, might as well as try it out. But at the same time, with the amount of question marks that this team has, it's tough to really feel confident in that move. I am very anti Max Kepler. No, no offense to Max Kepler. I'm, I'm sure he's a, a great person, but the, him as the player, no. I think the Red Sox should absolutely stay away. He's coming off the worst season of his career, and he turns 30 soon, so he's, you know, he's past the whole prime thing. But not only that, he's also entering the last guaranteed year of his contract. I don't want the Red Sox to take a flyer on somebody who could be a rental and could just be a complete bust and yes we don't know what what Yoshida will bring to this team but I don't want to bring in somebody who's coming off a, a terrible season for someone who's been part of the twins core for his the last eight eight years seven years but very anti keep Kepler out of Boston I don't think the Red Sox should even take a look at him it's just you you already brought in people who are quote-unquote older and old for, for baseball. Let's not bring in another 30 year old who is, who may not turn this around. Yes. There's that we've seen the potential. We've seen potential from all, all the people that we've talked about, but I, of all the people that, that we have on this list and that we've talked about big old hard, no on Max Kepler. I hear, what you're saying. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. And, and you know, it, it, with this list, it was, it was tough to come up with guys that seem very logical to be quite honest with you, because outside of, you know, just looking for guys that are able to have that power stroke and that fit within, you know, the, the holes that the Red Sox currently have majority of the guys that are going to hit over 25 to 30 home runs who are, you know, 
you 100% know that this guy is going to work out and be able to slide into your lineup and you know that it's going to 100% fix the power issue, those guys are either going to cost a lot of prospects and value through the trade market. Because as you already mentioned at the beginning of the show, like all those options on free agency who would have cost 25 to $30 million. And if the Red Sox, you know, aren't willing to give that out to, you know, multiple guys, you know, including Xander Bogarts throughout this offseason, I don't expect them to hand out to, you know, one, one of the top guys from free agency earlier in this offseason, but, you know, also on the trade market as well, you know, even for a guy like like Brian Reynolds or or Sean Murphy, who's power hitting catcher, you know that costs a lot of money for a lot of prospect capital for the Braves, and you know I bet it's going to cost a lot for Brian Reynolds as well, and he wouldn't even be able to really fix the power outage for the Red Sox in their lineup. So you know, re- really looking at sort of these options, I I think you know one other guy that you know I I thought about who you know has really showed some good power throughout his short MLB career so far, and really was able to bounce back. Um, you know, after being designated for assignment from the Guardians this past season is Fran Mill Reyes. He's somebody who, once he went over to Chicago, really started to figure it out. And, you know, we we saw it throughout this past season, ended up playing 118 games total between Chicago and Cleveland, ended up hitting 14 home runs, a little bit of a down year for him drastically from what we saw in 2021, where he hit 30 home runs, but also in 2020. 2019 he hit 37 so he has that power stroke if he's able to tap back into that and really be able to get back on track to where he was in 19 or 21 you know that that would be great to see not only just for the player but also if the Red Sox were able to get him in a trade with the Cubs which probably wouldn't cost barely anything the Cubs just picked him up right off of waivers it was they got him right for free and so you know being able to you know see maybe what he has left that would be interesting, but then you're also getting a very similar player to Bobby Delbeck where, you know, he'll strike out 150 times and maybe not even get a hundred hits, which he did this past season. Yeah. I think he's too much of a risk, unfortunately. I mean, the hope that when, before the guardians got rid of him was that he could really kind of tap back into that power and he just never really could. And it's unfortunate because you, you want to see the players succeed, but I think he'd be too much of a risk. Uh, to bring into the Red Sox team that really needs to address this specific situation with somebody who's proven they can do it, not someone who did it three or four years ago and not someone who still has the potential to do so. And we've talked about this with, you know, the Red Sox getting players who have shown, have shown the the promise or who have shown stability throughout their career and not just, Oh, well, maybe they'll, they'll tap back into what they once were or tap back into that potential that, they've been told or we've been told that they have for their entire career and just never do. But if the Red Sox really want power and to uh, address a a position that they need, we don't know what's going on with Carlos Correa. I'm just saying, I'm just saying if they can get him short term, I doubt it'll be a, I mean, who knows what's going to happen. This is just getting incredibly weirder by the day or not weirder, but just like so much more unknown by the day. The Red Sox should just swoop in, sign them, and make for a happy fan base and power shortstop. Yep. Boom. I, I just, I'm just saying. And especially if it's a two or three year deal. Um, Cause I, I think he would be very interested in a deal that would be able to help him not only get a high AAV, be able to add to his value, show that those injury sort of rumors are squash them all and, and you know, silence the haters. And then, you know, if, if he's able to get a two or three year contract, you got to remember he's 28, you know, if he's able to, 
be back as a free agent uh, in when, when he's 30. You know, maybe he could get a Xander Bogarts contract or even more. You know, if the Padres were open to giving Xander 11 years, 280, you know, what what's saying that that a team that would stop a team from giving, you know, Correa a 10 year, $300 million deal? Who knows? I'm, I'm getting a lot more comfortable with, you know, giving him before it was 35. Now I'm open to 40, 45 AAV. Jake is just, open in the checkbook. Jake just, is like, here you go. Make just, it rain. just at this point to, to fix the issue, not only with shortstop, with with power, but, you know, if you're if you're able to get him for two or three years, you know, who knows where Meyer will be in two or three years and where his development and, and readiness to be an MLB player will really be. But we're going to look at some of your guys' reactions on how the Red Sox can fix the power outage from over on Twitter. But before we do that, Lauren just wants to take a second to talk to you about Bill Barr. If you're looking for a treat that's super delicious, but you don't want to compromise the fat and the calories, then you have got to try a Bill Barr. And we just got through the holidays, a lot of resolutions and people's goals for 2023 are eating healthier and maybe getting back into the gym. For me, it's always about eating healthier. And I don't like to compromise taste, especially I'm, I'm a picky enough eater as it is. I don't want to compromise already what I like, but the Built Bars are the thing for you. You have to try it, that they're healthy, they taste good. They're so delicious that you probably won't think they're good for you. You probably think you're just eating a candy bar and you're probably like, hey, Lauren, what makes Built Bar so good? Well, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Their macros are amazing. They fit any sort of lifestyle, any kind of diet you are on. And there's a ton of flavors. When I tell you that there is something for everyone, there's churro, there's cookie dough, which is my favorite. There's coconut almond. There's, and the list goes on and on. And you can go to Walmart, walk right to the pharmacy section, Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up the four-bar box of cookies and cream, which is exactly what I did this morning. You can get the double chocolate or the coconut puffs. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run right in and get the 13-bar box, which has several different flavors, brownie batter, churro. You can thank me later. Just head on over to your nearest Walmart Sam's Club and get yourself some Built Bars. You will not regret it. So now that we've given you our opinions on how the Red Sox could fix their power outage, we wanted to react to some of your opinions. So I put over on Twitter, uh, who should the Red Sox add to fix their power bat issue? And we had some people give some really good suggestions. You know, uh, Red Sox Sam underscore said Correa. Same with Sam uh, yeah. Wexter. They both, both the Sams agree Sam. with Correa. And then we got uh, Ryan Lineley. He said, I also like Adam Duvall. Duval was somebody that I looked at, but, you know, didn't really fit 100% the, the power sort of category that I was thinking of. But he said, I like one of one of our options could be to put TK at shortstop, sign him to play center field. He's a really good defender. And I think he could really th thrive at Fenway. Yeah, those those are good names. I mean, those are stuff we haven't uh, stuff. Somebody we haven't talked about, but I I like it. I like that. And I know some of the the. Listeners had said some, uh, same people that we talked about and people that we've already brought up, but I I like it. I, I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I, I like it. And then uh, we got the real TMC. He said, I'd rather have Luke Voigt brings a lot more power and potential than Mancini. I'm a fan of Trey, though. Simply a good human. Sort of like what you said. Yeah, like, I don't. I never want to like hate on the guy because of what he's gone through and what he's he's just never he's always, always just come off as a, a genuine person. But I just think that it's he's just not a good fit for this team right now. And, you know, we talked about Luke Voigt and what he can bring to the team. So I'm with you. And then we got uh, 
undo underscore ow he said the thing that comes the thing it comes down to is like where will he play which i think that's what he meant which which i see platoon but aren't there rumors that we are going after yuli guriel kind of makes no sense i guess i don't know i think we chase after a weapon in the outfield in my opinion i agree let's go towards the outfield i did yeah. see the yuri guriel sort of rumor uh the person who i believe i forget i'm blanking on the name who did report that but he ended up stepping back off of that report uh and i sort of with the same thing with mancini you know guriel in my opinion wouldn't really fit very old bat um more older than most people think he's 38 years old, even yeah. though, you know, he two years ago, you know, was, was able to have a really good uh, offensive production really dipped down throughout this past season, but really curious to see how the Red Sox do really fill out the rest of this lineup. Um, and we're going to continue to keep you updated, you know, not only on our thoughts surrounding the rumors, but also giving you our predictions on what the Red Sox depth chart could look like prior to the 2023 opening day. But as always, we greatly appreciate everybody tuning in to the Locked On Red Sox podcast and for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen and check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. We've had him on a few times, very intelligent, does a great job of becoming very prepared to each and every single episode, whether he's coming on this podcast or even on MLB or excuse me, locked on MLB prospects does a great job of giving you everything that you need to know about each and every single team's farm systems and the prospects to watch. So it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us over on Twitter. It's LO underscore Red Sox. Myself on Twitter is at Jake Iggy and Lauren over at La La La. Three laws, Lauren with four R's. And, you know, one thing that we really try to do, as you've seen in these past two episodes, is bring the audience involved. We, we want to sort of, you know, ask your opinions. We're going to give ours, but we don't know everything. And at the same time, your, your perspectives, your opinions help, you know, br- bring more uh, light to what we're talking about and also bring a lot more fun. And we want to do everything that we can to make you a part of each and every single episode. So make sure to follow us over there on Twitter. Um, and we're going to continue to bring you great content throughout this offseason. So also make sure to subscribe over on YouTube or whatever audio platforms that you listen to. But we hope everybody has a great rest of their day. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll end it how we always end it. Let's go Socks. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.